Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 211. Last episode, I shared a little bit about why I chose to pivot my business again, the third pivot in nearly four years. And it wasn't an easy decision to make, right? It wasn't easy to make and it really wasn't easy to act upon. It was something that I sat on for so long because I was afraid to take action. I was afraid of what people would think if I pivoted my business again, right? So chatting to today's guest, Zach Spuckler, I was really glad to know that I wasn't the only one who deals with this fear of pivoting and that it was something I should have done a lot earlier, but because of that fear, I didn't. Now, in today's episode, I'm chatting with the wonderful Zach Spuckler, who is the founder of Heart, Soul and Hustle, and who has recently made his own business pivot. Now, we're chatting all things pivoting, fear, the signs that you need to pivot, how to pivot, all of the tips on pivoting, because there's really no point sticking with a business that isn't lighting you up, guys, just because you feel like you need to see the idea through or just because you feel like people might judge you for pivoting or people might think you're a failure, okay? So now let's jump on over to the interview with Zach. So Zach, for my listeners who have never come across you, they have no idea who you are, could you please tell us a little bit about who Zach's buckler is? Sure. So my name is Zach Spuckler. Uh, my company that I built is Heart, Soul & Hustle. And we built our business essentially doing consulting, coaching, and online courses um, for digital consultants and digital-based businesses. And I've been doing that for several years now. We started back in February of 2015. So just under five years that we've been doing Heart, Soul & Hustle. And uh, I've learned so much along the way. But one of the things that I know we're going to talk about today is that I've been really excited to um, pivot in the last several months to working with really high-level clients and working as a one-on-one -on -one consultant and a one-on-one -on -one agency um, to help people with their Facebook advertising and automations. And we can go deeper into any of that, but that, that is like the superficial of, of I do, how I've gotten to where I am now is as a digital course and consultant. And now I'm continuing that in a high touch, uh, high consultancy role. So basically you've done the complete opposite pivot to what I did because I was doing like the high touch, high consultancy role and I've pivoted almost fully into digital products with just a little bit of consulting on the side. So that's quite interesting. And we're going to touch on why you chose to pivot and how you did it shortly. But firstly, I'd love to know what actually inspired you to start your business in the first place. I love this question because I have been... I say I've been in the online marketing space for over a decade. And I, I truly mean that. And I've done everything that you can imagine in online marketing from website flipping to uh, affiliate marketing, to direct sales, to courses, to food blogging. Like if you can try it online to make a dime doing it, there's a good chance that I've tried it. I've tried <laughs> drop shipping. I've, I mean, I've, I've tried it all. And I like to share that because, you know, what really started me was back when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I originally started with this concept of you can make money online. You, you have to be able to. And I started my early career with like filling out surveys to make money and doing pay to click advertising, which is not pay per click advertising. I was literally getting paid to click on advertisements. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, people don't even know that's a thing, but I did it and I built up like an affiliate referral base of people who would click on ads under me. And when I was like 
16 years old, I made like $7,000 doing that. And like, that was crazy at the time. And then I graduated into like freelance writing. And I've just always been fascinated by this concept of like making money out of nothing and really creating a freedom lifestyle. And to me, a freedom lifestyle is just being able to do what you want, when you want, how you want to do it. And it's really funny because I'm recording this episode from San Diego, California. I just moved here about two weeks ago. And back in 2000 and I want to say 15, I just found this message that I sent to somebody who's like, where do you, you know, it was a business acquaintance. We were in an online course together and they're like, where do you live? And I said, oh, uh, Ohio, but I would love to live in California one day. And it's like, this is the definition of, of what I, why I'm in love with this is that you can do what you want, when you want, how you want on your terms. And that's kind of what has led me to this obsession of online marketing. I love that. And I love that it's like, for you, it's like kind of almost like creating this life of your dreams, which is amazing. So has Heart, Soul and Hustle always looked like it does now? Like what's been the journey so far? Oh, that's such a great question because it's looked so different over the years. When it initially started, I actually started ironically um, doing Facebook advertising for people. um, Not like I do now, charging like like $200 to do it, which was was not even enough to cover my time and costs, but I was so new to the game, I didn't know any. But what happened was I, I started um, I, I started with Facebook advertising for people, and I essentially got like a number of clients in a very short period of time. And people started asking me, well, how are you getting all these clients? And I was doing it through Periscope. If you guys remember Periscope. Oh my goodness, um, yes. Like an old school live streaming platform before Facebook Live was a thing. And people were like, how are you doing it? And so I basically went live one day and was like, hey, if I showed you how I've gotten four clients and made X amount of dollars in like 30 days, um, would you pay $97 for that information? And we made $1,200 in like 35 minutes. I was live streaming from a Starbucks. Crazy. It, it was crazy. It was like more, it was like the most success I'd ever seen. And we promoted that throughout the weekend. We ended up doing $2,200 on what was essentially our first launch. Um, it was a course we hadn't built out yet. We had just um, skeleton framed what we would be teaching. And that went on to become our first six figure course. And after that, I was like, well, now I can do what I really love, which is talk about Facebook advertising. And I built my Facebook advertising course and built that to six figures. Um, And then over time, I developed a system of launching these courses that ended up becoming my course on challenges that we built to a multiple six-figure course um, over the course of a few years. We did launches all the way from $20,000 to $174,000 of that, that course. And, you know... Along the way, I experimented with everything from like mini pop-up courses to workshops to memberships. But those three core courses were like the cornerstones of Heart, Soul, and Hustle from live streaming to advertising to launching. And they played really well uh, together symbiotically. Eventually, we discontinued the live streaming course. We then discontinued the Facebook advertising course. And then just recently, we just continued the challenge course. So now I essentially don't sell any courses. I do like pop-up workshops or live events um, every once in a while, but I I don't do, I don't do courses anymore. That's Um, so interesting. But uh, it's a huge pivot that we're making and um, we can, we can dive wherever you want to from there. But yeah, it's been a real evolution. Um, We've, we, sorry, that's my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. It's, 
it's been a real evolution. Um, and we built it up to over uh, $1.5 million over the course of the four and a half years that we were doing it. So we're not a seven figure for you per year business, but I do pride myself on being a freedom business where I do what I want. I travel where I want. I've been to Australia. I've been to New York. I've been to California. I've been speaking at events and, you know, just all over the place. Um, and you know, we're planning to go to Europe in 2021 and it's like, I know the business will support that. And it's, you know, that to me is way more powerful than, um, gosh, this sounds so catty, but I'm going to say it. It sounds, it's way more powerful than, you know, hearing all the people who are like, I have a seven figure business and I've got this and I've got that. Um, you know, we've never been a seven figure a year business, but we've always been a freedom business that has allowed me to do really um, incredible things and meet really incredible people. That's, we sound so similar because that's exactly like when I started my business, that's what I started my business in my with, with with in mind like i wanted the freedom and yeah like the money is important you do need money to survive on Absolutely. but i mean what's the point of making seven figures a year if you don't have the time to actually stop and enjoy that money and zach i know my listeners are going to have one question on their minds after what you've just told us if your courses like why would you retire a course that's already successful it's making you money uh-huh. Yeah, it's really funny because we even just moved this course to automation and it was selling really passively. The last time we were in Australia, um, I wasn't even like working the business actively. We were just running Facebook ads. This was back in, um, I want to say March of 2019. Is that when I was in Australia? I don't even know anymore. (laughs) March of 2019. I'm actually looking at my calendar right now to make sure I'm not crazy. Yeah, I think we were in, yeah, we were in Australia in March of 2019. And um, it was, uh, it was really cool to be there because this course was selling on automation. But this is, that is the big question people have is like, if it's working, why would you essentially burn it down? And what it came down to was, it just wasn't lighting me up the way it used to. And I always say that with a little bit of caution, because I love my students, I love my courses, I love what I built. But um, what I found was that I was like, it, it, you know, every time you create a course, it's like birthing something into the world. And, you know, to kind of make like a, an interesting analogy is like, at some point you get tired of birthing things. <laughs> you get tired of like, you have enough kids, right? I had yeah. courses and they were requiring updates and they were requiring changes. And one of the reasons we discontinued our Facebook ads course was that Facebook was updating so rapidly and it was like sucking the life out of me to update this course, but I had to do it. And I started finding myself in this position of like, well, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to update this course and I have to make these changes. And prior to, or in years past, I'd always come from this place of like, this is exciting and this is thrilling and I get to do this and I get to update and I get to design and I get to design new slide decks. And I, I, even when I announced this to my community, I said like, this doesn't mean courses won't ever come back into my business. It doesn't mean I'm done with courses forever. You know, I don't know what the future holds. Um, but what ended up happening was in November of 2018, I'm just making sure I have the years right. Yeah, (laughs) it's November of 2018. I quietly started running ads for people. I didn't advertise it. I did it purely through word of mouth. I I reached out to a few people and um, I started running ads for people. And what was cool was like, we worked with one person who was like, um, they had a multiple six-figure launch. And that's amazing. Reaching like, um, 
gosh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but we ended up getting like, you know, five, 6,000 people registered for a webinar and several hundred people in their program. And it took like six weeks to make this happen. Um, no, they had an audience. They had all this stuff in place. I'm not like, you know, we're not magical fairy god. <laughs> this program into the world. They would launched it several times. But it hit me that even though I was working in a one-on-one capacity, I could focus on what I really loved, which was marketing and messaging and positioning and advertising without having to birth all this stuff into the world and still make a massive impact. So like looking back now, we've worked with, you know, a couple dozen clients over the past couple of years, which is enough to sustain a really successful business when you're charging higher prices and working more intimately with people. But we've impacted way more people through um, various avenues and various niches than we ever could have running the courses. Um, and I don't know if that's a limiting belief. Maybe you could say it is. Maybe you could be like, well, Zach, you could have reached you know, a million people with this. <laughs> I could have. Um, but I mean, it's so cool. Like we reached um, one person who was like in the physical therapy space and one person who was in the relationship space and another person who was in the marketing space and another person who was in the branding space. And it's like, we can impact people's lives in so many more and different ways um, than we do when we're just talking about marketing. Um, like we're now working with somebody who's in, um, in, in the pet space. And it's like, that's so cool to know that we're impacting people beyond the four walls of like, here's how to run a Facebook ad. And that has been so gratifying and fulfilling, um, that I really fell in love with it and, and have continued to pursue that. Yeah, I love that. And recently on Instagram, I remember you shared a quite a vulnerable post talking about like how you already started quietly doing this and how you were scared to tell people about the fact that you were pivoting. So looking back on it now, can you pinpoint maybe where, like what these fears were or like where they were coming from? 100%. I think the two biggest fears I had are like, what are the people who who already bought my courses going to think? And what are people going to think that this means about online courses? And because for me, I still like most of my clients sell online courses. Um, I still buy and love online courses. I've taken online courses on everything from um, flow state to uh, manifesting to um, drop shipping to advertising to marketing to launching. Like I love online courses. And one of my big fears is that people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, Zach thinks online courses are going away. And like, that's absolutely not the case. Um, you know, it, it's, it, that was my, my one fear. My other fear was like, are people going to think that my business is failing and that's why I'm moving? Like, are people going to make assumptions? Um, and the reality was like this, this was on track to be one of our most profitable years. Um, and it's continuing to look like one of our most profitable years. And I'll be really vulnerable and candid. Something I haven't shared too publicly is like, we don't know that this will be our biggest revenue year, but mm-hmm. it's on track to be our biggest profit year. Um, on hardline numbers, like it looks like um, we we're actively going to have to spend money to bring down our profit at the end of the year. Uh, that's a nice problem to have, which is a great problem to have. But like we're on track to have one of our most profitable years number wise, and well, so that was one of my other fears. Is like, are people going to be like, oh, Zach's business is failing, or Zach Zach's just changing because it doesn't work? And um, you know, the the last fear that I had is like, you know, there's, there's kind of two arms to my business. Now there's the 
Facebook ad agency and high touch consulting. And I actually do consulting where I do um, a revenue share. So we come in, we help you set up your funnel, set up your launch, set up your systems um, in exchange for a percentage, or we run your ads for you. Um, and sometimes those two overlap. We have a couple of kind of hybrid clients, we call them. Um, but I had this big fear of like, when I start charging in the multiple four to five figures for something, are people going to pay that when everything has been, you know, 297 to 997? Um, and maybe one last fear is like, how scalable is this? Yeah. But when I kind of set all of those fears out on the table, it was like, number one, it's none of my business what other people think about me. That's their choice. Two, nobody knows my business like I do. Um, and so they can make all the assumptions they want. And the reality is, like, I'm in a place in my business where, you know, maybe my goal this year wasn't a million dollars. Maybe it was to move to California and move up to do whatever I want here, right? Like, we're ordering Postmates all the time, and I'm not going, oh my gosh, can we afford Postmates today? Like, we're in California, but we can't afford anything, right? That, that <laughs> is way more important than having a seven-figure year. And, and that's, that's just the reality of it. And maybe some people won't like that or won't see me as aspirational because of that. And that's okay. Um, third, I had this evidence in front of me that people were paying me high ticket. I had clients that were paying five to $7,000 to work with me in a one-on-one capacity consulting before I introduced the advertising. Um, so it's like, you know, I had all of these, these fears, but I also had to say like, there's all this evidence on the table that says these fears aren't irrational, but they're not, um, they're not, um, as powerful as I perceive them to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. Of course. So I think like quite a lot of business owners get into the stage where they, they're maybe like not enjoying what they're doing and deep down they know that they need to pivot, but they, they're like not willing to accept it yet. What were the signs for you that you were ready to make a pivot in your business? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that there are... So having been in business for about five years, because I, I ran a business before Heart, Soul & Hustle um, that was relatively successful. And I like to say, like, I really, I really got my footholding in the online marketing. I was generating traffic. I was selling digital products. Um, in another in, uh, industry and space, like since 2014. So I, I feel confident saying, you know, over five or six years that I've been online um, as a digital course or digital product business, um, I, I noticed these two distinct feelings. And there's the feeling of like, oh, I also, I also want to try this, right? And I think that mm. a lot of people in, in my audience and, and particularly in, in your audience as well, um, who are in this online course creation space, we think, well, what about a membership? Or what about, you know, another course? Like this launch went so well and people also want this. And I think that, that sometimes we misinterpret the calling for something different versus the calling of something to pivot. And I feel like that's just worth pointing out because I have, I've made the mistake in the past of being like, oh, I'm also going to launch a membership. And I literally did that. I was like, oh, a membership would be so fun. It would create recurring revenue. It would be different. It would be exciting and it would be new. Um, and I launched it. And after 13 months, I was like, this is, this is exhausting. Um, yeah. um, and I shut it down, um, which was like the first sign for me that, that things were going to start to change. So I know this wasn't your exact question, but I think it's like an important precursor is like, there is the difference between 
being distracted or shiny object or um, feeling like you want to do something new and different versus the time to pivot. Um, because I have a, a mentor who likes to say like the role of an entrepreneur is to create and experiment and try new things. And the role of the CEO is to be disciplined and consistent. Mm. And when you become that CEO, it's like you do sometimes have to do things that aren't exciting. You may have a course that works really well where you're like, oh, I'd love to launch a membership, but that course needs to be launched again. And so I think it's just worth kind of noting that there, there is the difference between the pull to do something new and exciting and the pull to pivot. The signs for me that it was time to pivot are like, number one, I was, I was exhausted by the things that used to excite. I wasn't bored. I was exhausted. Um, yeah. Like my, my membership for six months, it was so thrilling and so exciting to be creating new, new content. In the last half of my membership, it was like pulling teeth every time I had to make content. I would wait till the last minute. I would struggle. And then because I waited till the last minute, I wouldn't be able to, not, not by their fault, by my own fault, I wouldn't be able to rely on my team because they couldn't design stuff in 12 hours and be yeah. ready for a deadline. Um, when it came time to like update my Facebook ads course, I was like, oh my gosh, please don't make me update this. And it wasn't like, ugh, I don't want to do this. This is boring. It was like, I would rather mentally shut this whole thing down than have to update it again. And I think that that's the distinction is like, we all have times where like, oh, I don't want to update this course. I really just want to deliver and sell and market. Um, but I was like, I don't want to do this. Um, the other things that were, was time to pivot was like, I found myself, I was actually at a mastermind and I, I haven't shared this with anybody, but I was at a mastermind where I was like, I don't know what I want. Um, mm. And luckily I have a really great mentor who was like, well, you do know what you want because you know what you don't want. And when I started spilling out the things that I don't want, um, it, it kind of came up that a lot of what I don't want is what it takes to run an online course business. And so as you grow, the things that you don't want um, change or the things that you do want change. And I noticed this change in what I really desired. And the last really clear cut sign was that people around me started noticing um, and I had somebody who was like, actually reached out to me um, and, and suggested that I try revenue share consulting. And within, um, within 30 days of that, we had three people interested, two offers on the table, one that we're in the process of closing, one that we have a signed contract for, um, and one person that we may or may not work with. Um, and I just share that with you, not to be like, oh my gosh, um, look at how great we are. But to, I think that'll really segue into where I predict we're heading next, which is like, how do you make that pivot? Um, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> out to me and saying like, maybe you should try this or maybe you should try that. And we were getting results. And so that culmination of those three things of like the feeling of exhaustion, the feeling pulled to something completely different and new and the signs of other people pointing out to me what I could be trying, like all of those things just culminated in like, maybe it's time for a big change. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so love does that. Does that make sense or is that, that just babbling? <laughs> no, that definitely makes sense. And I love that you mentioned that about your membership site because I've recently started putting the wheels in motion to pivot my membership site because I was exactly like that. Like that feeling of creating content every month. It was fun at the start, but after a couple of months when there's just so much content in there, my members aren't even getting through the existing content. And I feel, I just felt like I was creating content that nobody was consuming. And it's like, it just, yeah, it was like that. I was leaving it to the last minute. I wasn't getting it 
done like when I should have been getting it done. And it was like pulling teeth. It was literally like pulling teeth. Yeah. So I'm so glad you touched on that. So Zach, for somebody who wants to pivot their business, having just been through the whole process, what are some of the biggest tips that you could share? So the biggest tip that I can share is like, first things first, um, I was, I was just at an event, um, yesterday and somebody put this, uh, illustration or analogy in front of us. It's like you, you, a lot of times we climb a ladder and if you're a course creator, you're like, you're climbing that ladder to seven figure in course sales. And like, that's just, that's just a big milestone that a lot of us want to reach. And it's like, um, a lot of us are climbing that ladder because we, we see someone else doing it, or we see a mentor doing it, or we see somebody that's aspirational to us doing it. And we start to climb that ladder. And a lot of times when you're pivoting, it's like, imagine another ladder coming right up next to you. And what you do is you start to kind of reach over to that ladder. You start to kind of dabble over on that ladder. But what happens is you can't climb two ladders at once. Mm-hmm. Um, another analogy for this is if you're building a bridge from one island to another, if you build one bridge and stop halfway to build another and then build another and you're building two or three bridges at the same time, it'll take you not twice as long to get to the other side, but four to five times as long to get to the other side. So you know, take your pick, analogy of analogies, bridges, ladders. Um, (laughs) But the point is you can't do two things at once. But my opinion is that it's worth dabbling in the other bridge to see if it's even stable. So if we continue that analogy, it's like sometimes there's, there's a bridge next to you that you start to build and like, you're not building it out of stable material. Um, Maybe you have this idea of what you want. Maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to do ads management. You take on an ads client and you actually hate that. And it's like, what I want you to imagine is that a lot of times we've, we've created this vision of where we're going, whether it be the top of the ladder or the other side of the bridge. And the reality is there, you're in a room with a million ladders. There's so many ways to get to the top. Like one thing that I learned during this process, and one thing that maybe I should have said in the previous step is like one of the big signs was for me was that I started experimenting a lot. I tried drop shipping. I tried uh, print on demand. I tried um, consulting. I tried, you know, ads management. I, I was trying all of these different ways to make money to see what was really lighting me up. And so I think even though you can't climb two ladders or build two bridges at once, it's worth straddling the line for a short period of time. Because a big mistake that I see entrepreneurs make is they're like, I'm rebranding, I'm doing it, and I'm going to go public. And I'm going to just tell the world that I'm something new today. And w- one of the things that I did is like, I started something new back in October, November, and I just announced to my audience, like, gosh, it was only like four or five weeks ago um, that I was something new. Because I, because I tested and I played and I made sure that this is where I wanted to be. So that's the process of, of pivoting is like, you can't be in both places. So why take the time to have these two coexisting analogies when I could have just said dabble? (laughs) Because once you start dabbling and find something that you want, you have to jump from that ladder to the new ladder. You have to be okay with leaving that last bridge unbuilt or realizing that that bridge was built to somewhere you didn't want to go. And so you have to jump over to this new venture and go all in. And so for us, that meant discontinuing the courses. That meant telling people it's not for sale. That meant announcing to our internal student community that that we're no longer going to provide updates after a certain date. 
And that was scary. But once you find what you love, not what you think you love, not what you think you might love, not what you perceive as the next best step, but once you find something that you actually enjoy and that you actually want to go all in on, then you have to draw a line in the sand and go all in. Because here is the thing, no matter what you want to do, it scales. And I just had somebody on, on my own podcast recently um, who works with service-based businesses and she said that beliefs people have is that working one-on-one doesn't scale. And what I want you to understand is that everything you can possibly conceive of making money doing scales. And even though you might be like, what does this have to do with pivoting? My opinion is that this has everything to do with pivoting because so many of us are like, well, I am a, you know, a a binder for books and that's not going to scale because I only have one binding machine. Well, who's to say you couldn't have 20 binding machines, five employees and a system and a marketing machine that goes out and attracts new clients to you. Some people say, well, I'm a high level consultant. Well, guess what? So is Tony Robbins and he has coaches and coaches, coaches, and he has an entire team of people. You might say, well, I'm an advertiser and no one can do what I do. Well, in traditional media, there are marketing agencies that do exactly what you do at scale, multi-millions of dollars. So the last step in pivoting is asking the question, how does what I really want to do scale? So just to kind of recap, and then I'll be quiet for a second and let you take <laughs> it, is ask yourself, like straddle the line a little bit and, and make sure that where you want to pivot is actually what you want to pivot to. Because there's a difference between experimentation and going all in. And then number two, go all in. And then number three, ask yourself, how does this scale? Mm, I love that. And that last part segues beautifully into what my next question was going to be, which is you've like, you've shifted from a very scalable, very easily scalable business, the online course business into a business where you're very reliant on your team to scale. So how have you, how have you found that transition towards the agency model? Like, have there been any teething problems with going from having I don't know if your team has increased or how like how this has played out for you, but have there been any teething problems with the agency model so far? Absolutely. And I, I love that you asked this question because I can candidly say like we've had every kind of issue you can imagine from, from communication issues to implementation issues to client issues. Like we, we've dealt with it all. And where I think like I love what you said because um, – Hopefully you don't mind if I kind of dissect a little bit. Yeah, um, no worries. You said like you said you went from an easily scalable to a not so easily scalable model, and and I think that the the truth is that I went from something that we have been conditioned into believing is easily scalable into something we've been conditioned into believing isn't easily scalable, and I don't mean that as like. A, a, a personal dig on, on you or anyone listening. Yeah. But it's like, how many of us are like, oh my gosh, courses are so easily scalable. But wouldn't the people, like if you watch Shark Tank, there are people making just as much money as we do in the online course business with a team of two and a, a, a distribution center in like China or the Midwest, right? That's so We're true, like, yeah. easily scalable, right? So do, now- that being said, I absolutely understand what you say because we went from a systems dependent to a person dependent model that requires systems. And that is a subtle shift that we are going through. But I think the biggest thing is like anything can scale. Does this require us to be more dependent on our team? Absolutely. But it also means we just have to have better systems in place. And I won't sit here and say that we have the systems of a seven figure agency because if we did, 
we'd be a seven figure agency in nine months, which I don't think is, is where we wanted to be. We're more team like slow scale, accumulate customers, work out the kinks, do things over time. We've absolutely scaled our monthly revenue month over month uh, over the past several months. And um, that's all been good and well. But in terms of like, how do we scale something that's considered less scalable? I think it's threefold. Number one, it's about having a really good team and having people on your team you can trust. And I think that that is an issue that I experienced both in the online course world and in the marketing agency world is like, you have to trust your team because I am literally trusting someone on my team to go in and spend money for a client. And that's scary. That is so scary. Without that trust, I have to do everything myself and I can't do it. But we can put systems in place. So that's the second piece is we put systems in place. So like now that we have um, a larger roster of clients, my, um, my, my uh, senior ads manager and I, we meet three times a week for, for 20 to 30 minutes. And I just say, how is this account doing? How is this account doing? How is this account doing? And my long-term vision is to have her meet with a client manager who, who converses both with the senior ads manager and the clients and then report back to me on a weekly to bi-weekly basis. And then the last piece is um, just being transparent with our clients. Like every client we bring on, we're like, this is where we are now. This is who you're working with now. This is our four-month vision. This is our six-month vision. This is where we want to be in a year. Is that something you're okay with and working through with us? So like we have one client who like we're integrated into their Slack channel and we told them like, we're doing that now because you are uh, a high-level client. You are... um, you have a team of multiple people and communication right now for us is the easiest in Slack, but we have project management software that we'd like to fully integrate you into over the next three to six months where we're no longer communicating in Slack. Is that okay? And so that trust of team, that implementation of systems and that transparency with your client, or if you're in a course business, you can take this to be transparency with your audience. Like I think those same three pillars exist on both sides of the board. Um, and that's kind of what we're leaning into as we try to scale the quote unquote unscalable. So hopefully that wasn't rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't rude at all. I love that you touched on that because yeah, in my mind, like my mindset has always been like, oh my God, scaling an agency would just be a nightmare. Like I'm glad I don't have to do it. But the way that you've put that, like that actually doesn't seem quite as scary as I thought it would be. So yeah. I'm really glad you spoke about that. All right, Zach. So every episode, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. And the first, get, the first question I'd like to ask you is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Yeah, the, the best advice I can give to my previous self would be like, enjoy the ride, enjoy the ups and downs, because there will be ups and downs and stop comparing yourself to other people. Because there are so many people that I used to idolize that I'm now friends with. And there's always more below the surface than there is superficially. And that doesn't mean that those people aren't doing as well as they say. Most of them are doing (laughs) better than they say. Um, But it just means we're all on different journeys. And when you have ultimately asked for one thing and gotten it, like celebrate that. Um, Because there have been plenty of times in my life where I've hit a milestone and been like, oh, I thought I would feel different. But the truth is, or the biggest advice I would give to my younger self is like, yes, enjoy the ride. And you're going to feel the same whether you have $1 or 100000 or a million in, in, in revenue. So do the work to be happier today because the money is not going to make you feel happier. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Okay. And what has been your biggest oops moment so far? 
what has been my biggest oops moment so far? Oh my gosh. So this is like way back in the day. My biggest oops moment was pre-selling my course before I built it. Not because I don't recommend that, but pre-selling it on a Friday and then telling people that the entire thing would be completed the following Friday. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. I should have told them module one would be available in a week, but I was like living on coffee and monster and two hours of sleep for a week and possibly like my own tears uh, for a very, very, very long week. So my biggest oops moment was launching it before I built it and then giving a ridiculously short timeline to actually make that happen. That being said, I will say like that oops moment is the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to outsource. It forced me to get resourceful um, and it forced me to test how bad I really wanted it. But but yeah, that was a mistake I would not want to make again. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But then I guess like if you're a procrastinator, that's one way to get it done quickly. Yes. <laughs> I, know, I know I certainly need like a tight deadline. Otherwise, I will, it'll take me forever to do something. Okay, Zach, and what has been your biggest growth moment? My biggest growth moment was signing up for a mastermind. And I would say that that is a growth moment because it was such a big investment. So at the time I invested in the mastermind, it was basically... 90% of the money that I had to my name um, to invest in this mastermind. And it was a big investment. And whether it was a good mastermind or not, um, it, it was, by the way, so anyone listening who knows what mastermind, <laughs> it, was, it was a great mastermind, but whether it was or wasn't, the actual act of investing such a large sum of money into myself was a massive growth moment. And I'm not, I want to be really clear here that I'm not saying that investing in yourself at a high risk level is a growth. But what I'm saying is investing in yourself at a level that makes you a little scared is a growth moment. Because mm. whether you invest in a $1,000 course or a $10,000 mastermind or a $30,000 year-long program um, is irrelevant. If it scares you and makes you uncomfortable, it defines how you will show up on the other side. Because when you, can, uh, when you can say, oh, I'll spend 300 bucks on that course, whatever, no big deal, and then you don't show up, um, that is just as disempowering as, as being afraid to invest $300 and showing up fully and unapologetically is powerful. And so the act of the investment, it was just the first time I was really afraid to make an investment in myself. And it ended up paying me back tenfold because, I, because that stretch forced me to show up. I love that. And then last question, who or what inspires you? Yeah, that's a really, I love that one. And, you know, I would say what inspires me is, is that, that freedom lifestyle mm -hmm. and being able to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And, you know, creating a lifestyle around how I want to be perceived. And so what inspired me to get where I am now is what kind of business will create a lifestyle that allows me to be a person of inspiration, to be a person of freedom, and to be a person of integrity. And for me right now, that is um, being transparent and, and uh, just, sorry, just being transparent is being in California. Um, like that is a huge inspiration to me because I've talked about it for so long and like it's happening and I'm here and I'm going out 
to events and I'm going to the beach. And like that inspires me like crazy to know, um, like for example, today I'm, I'm in a program that talks about money mindset and I was literally, this, this sounds so bougie, but I love it. I was, um, in the hot tub at 11 AM in between calls, listening to this money mindset program, taking notes in my notebook at the hot tub in California in the middle of the day. Um, I had to come back and do interviews. It's not like all I do is sit around in the hot tub and listen to audiobooks. Um, <laughs> but like that, that moment of intentional freedom is what continues to inspire me to create more moments like that. Is that a, is that a, uh, is that, a, is that a good answer? Or that's a great answer. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. Is the money mindset program you're doing James Wedmore's one? It is James yes. Money Mindset Program. I need to start that one. I've got it. I've got it there, and I've been waiting to start it. I've just been cooped up in bed, incredibly sick for the last couple of days, so I need to get started on that. Thanks so much, it's Zach. Pretty good, I will say. Yeah, I've heard some good things about it. I'm excited to start. So, Zach, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I would love it if you could please tell my listeners where they can find out more about you and about Heart, Soul, and Hustle. Yeah. So if you want to find out more, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at heart, soul, hustle. Or if you want more details about the agency or the work that we do with high level consulting, you can head over to heart, soul, hustle.com. Um, from there, we, we currently don't have any freebies there. There's really no way to opt into us. Um, that's not true. We have, we have one freebie, but I don't even know that it's on our website. <laughs> um, Maybe it is. I'll be totally honest. We just redid our whole website, but head to heartsoulhustle.com. If you click on about or services, you can find out um, how we serve people in a high level capacity. Um, and that would be the best place to start. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you so much, Steph, for having me. I, I really had a blast. This has been one of my favorite interviews. <laughs>